When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonics Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast. As you heard in the intro, what exciting news we've got going on around the podcast this week. We have joined Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network we're excited about what all that brings. As a matter of fact, it's going to bring some good stuff for you, the listener, as well. We'll get to that a little bit later in the episode. But today we have a guest with us. We're going to be talking college football and professional football as well. And we're bringing on the most unbiased man in sports talk today. And it is the host of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, which you can listen to every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., on ESPN Radio 1392.5 FM in Lexington, Kentucky, or online at WLXG.com or on the TuneIn app. It is the host of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, the one and only Brad Taylor. Brad, thanks for being back with us. Thank you, Vince Stover, as always. A pleasure and an honor to be on the Sports Stove Podcast. And you are the first guest under the Sports Stove Podcast that's now under Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. So congratulations, you're the most famous person I could book. Well, I can tell a cheap <laughs> shot when I hear one and Vince Stover, this is not getting off to a good start, so you better approve going forward. Yeah, so well, I didn't call you my degenerate gambling friend, so, well, we, so we didn't that go that low. A compliment, but thank you. <laughs> All right, we're talking college football to start off. The Big Ten finally decides to join the big boys and play some football. And uh, so let's talk, first of all, what about the uh, Big Ten do you think? Are they going to play all all season, number one, get their games in? And are they going to have a representative in the college football playoffs? Your guess is good as mine on any conference playing out their schedule. I mean, the SEC has already canceled games. Uh, you can see that the Mountain West, they're starting this week. New Mexico, they've already said we can't even play the first game. Yeah. So your guess is good as mine in terms of will they actually be playing these games? But let's just say for a minute that they do. Let's just live in a dream world and say they do play these games. You see it, a team like Ohio State run the table, go 9-0. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to leave Ohio State. An undefeated Ohio State will not get left out of this playoff. Yeah, I mean, I think Ohio State, they can lose one even and probably still still be in the playoffs, it, depending it on what the other teams do, obviously. It, um, it all depends on who you are in life. And when your name is Ohio State, you can get away with more things that maybe a team like uh, – uh, you know, Northwestern couldn't get away with. Yes. Yeah, I think Justin Fields is a big reason for that. They want Justin Fields. I mean, look at, what was it, North Dakota State that they brought in one game to play their quarterback so the world could see him. Well, now you've got a platform here 
that they want the best people there. Justin Fields is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, and the NCAA, as much as people want to disagree, the NCAA does whatever they can to get the best people in prime time because they're going to make more money off of TV if they've got good people on. When you're not selling tickets, or a lot of tickets, you got to have the best people on TV. Think about the University of Georgia right now. They had Justin Fields two seasons ago. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they could have used him against Alabama a couple of the last week? Of course they could have. You don't think they regret that decision of keeping Fromm, letting Issa go to Washington, and then letting Justin Fields go to Ohio State? Of course they do. But it's, you're, it's like you said, it's all about the bottom line. No pun intended. It's all about the money. When you're Georgia, you can throw a walk-on quarterback out there, but eventually you got to win games. Justin Fields, for my money, the most valuable quarterback in all of college football. Is he better than Trevor Lawrence? No, I don't think so. But Trevor Lawrence has two guys from the Elite 11 camps just waiting for him to leave town after this season. So if Trevor Lawrence goes down, you've got backups for uh, for Clemson. If Justin Fields goes down, you know who their backup was last year? Gunnar Hoke. If you're from <laughs> Kentucky, you remember him. He used to be a backup at Kentucky. So they don't have backups at Ohio State at the quarterback position like they do at Clemson. So for my money, Justin Fields, not only a dark horse for the Heisman Trophy, you could get him right now on the uh, at a plus 750. You can get about 7 or 8 to 1 right now, while Trevor Lawrence is an odds-on favorite. You have to lay 150 just to get 100. And we're not talking about gambling on this show. But Justin Fields offers a lot of value if you're looking for a Heisman Trophy pick, especially because he's going to play nine straight games. And Trevor Lawrence is rolling up numbers in three quarters against the ACC competition. How quickly does that number come down in the desert for Justin Fields? One, if he has one good week, boom, he's back to two to one, just yeah. like that. Because out of sight, out of mind. You know, We haven't seen Justin Fields. We don't know what to expect from him. But he has one good game this week, boom, it's a two-horse race for the Heisman Trophy, just like that. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear that number for him because, you know, I mean, I don't gamble, so I don't pay a whole lot of attention to those. But that really is, when you said that, it took me back a little bit because I thought, my goodness, I mean, who other than Trevor Lawrence? I mean, I'm, you know, you've got Najee Harris down in Alabama now it's having a good season, but I would have figured Justin Fields' number would have been a lot lower. It was. <laughs> if they had started the season, if everybody started the season Labor Day weekend, it's Lawrence and Fields neck and neck, and yep. then everybody else. That the simple human nature fact that we haven't seen him, that his odds have gone up, and now you're getting value. So if you're wanting to pick a Heisman Trophy winner, anybody can pick Trevor Lawrence, but you've got to lay a lot of money. Fields is a guy right now if you're looking for a Heisman guy. All right, let's talk about teams in the Big Ten. Who do we have that's going to be uh, what we expect from them as far as good, and uh, maybe some surprise teams, both good and bad? I'm looking at these win totals for the Big Ten, and you see Ohio State eight and a half. Now, they're going to play nine games, including the conference championship game. So you're basically saying, are they going to finish the season undefeated or not? You would think that in common man's terms, the odds of them losing a game, you've got to go the under with those. Not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of juice on them to come on the under. But there's a, but the, all the money, all the public money, there's a lot of people who have put money on them to go undefeated. Ohio State, is there anyone in the Big Ten that could defeat them? I'm not so sure this year. The usual suspects, the Penn States and the Michigans of the world, they're not really themselves right now. They're not as strong as they have been. But what about, um, and I don't know how this works, but, uh, I mean, COVID, it's a big deal. So let's say Justin Field gets COVID and he's got to be out two weeks. The chances of Ohio State losing a game are pretty solid then. Absolutely. 
But I'm, how can you know, now you're just you're playing we're playing God now. <laughs> you get the COVID, you don't get the COVID. Ohio State, you get you get the outbreak. Nebraska, you, you get everybody healthy. All yeah. you have to do is get Nick Saban's doctor. He'll get you cleared in no time. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> he had the COVID a week ago Wednesday, and then by Saturday he was miraculously healed. How did it, that happen? Ben Stover, can I'm you telling tell you, me? I have no idea. Oh, I think I have an idea. Uh-huh. Some fake and, tests. Man, uh-huh. in today's cancel culture, I cannot believe that in two days, three days, all of a sudden he was cleared to the coach. The entire Raiders offensive line has the COVID right, right. now, and they're going to change. They might postpone that game. Big saving. Well, he's, he wasn't even wearing a mask the other night on no. some of those interviews. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so Ohio State's going to be good. We expect that. Um, let's talk about some other. What's about a, you've got a couple different rated teams in the Big Ten. Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota. Out of those four teams, who's going to underwhelm this season? Underwhelm. I know where you're going with this one. I have a good feeling that you're on the Michigan under bandwagon. I don't think you're a big Jim. Excuse me. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh fan. I always get the two mixed up. Jim Harbaugh fan. Who's their quarterback? We always hear these great things about Michigan quarterbacks with Harbaugh. Yeah, it hasn't worked out yet. Uh, I think Michigan, you'll have to look at them. They're sitting at five and a half right now. A lot of juice to the over. But you and I, I think we both agree on Penn State. Yeah. They're sitting at seven wins. And they have to play. They have to go to Michigan. They have to play Ohio State. So you're telling me. If they sweep both, if they lose both those games, they have to sweep everybody else. Don't see that happening. James Franklin, not exactly the game day coach you would want. Recruiter, yes. Game day, no. Yes, we'll take Penn State under the seven is one of my best bets for the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, to me, Penn State, they're ranked eight in the nation right now. Uh, that's pretty high, lofty expectations, and I just don't see it happening. I think I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Franklin either. Uh, as a head coach, but uh, to me, that team just isn't set up to be a top 10 team in the nation. Yeah, I, I, I see that one not turning out so well. What about Wisconsin? Wisconsin, typically, they're in the easier side of the Big Ten, um, but they have, they're that classic team who has a great regular season, but once you get to championship time or you get that one game that you shouldn't lose and they end up losing it, uh, what's Wisconsin going to look like this year? You told me last year before the season started, Jonathan Taylor would be a first-round draft pick of the NFL. Look out for the Heisman Trophy. I'm like, who? I didn't even know you were talking about at the time. <laughs> you proved me right. You proved to be right on that one. Jonathan Taylor was everything he turned out to be, and now he's you know, the leading rusher for the Colts. But in Wisconsin, it just seems like you have the conveyor belt. I mean, it's just seemed like there's going to be a new Jonathan Taylor this year. Their quarterback is back rowing. Is he that good? I don't know because they always rely on on Jonathan Taylor types in the backfield. They're seven and a half right now, win total in the desert. I would go under that seven and a half just because do we know what to expect from that backfield? Are we convinced that Rowan is such a great quarterback? None of those questions I can answer. I would go under with Wisconsin at seven and a half. But you mentioned it before, that side of the bracket, so to speak, in the Big Ten Conference, not exactly the Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State side. Yeah, I think they've got maybe four games to watch out for on their schedule, which puts them up right where you're at talking about. You know, I think they, they play Michigan, uh, which should be a tough game. They play Minnesota. When Minnesota's getting better, they should be a tough team. They got Indiana. I think Indiana's the team to watch for, not to win the conference or anything, but as far as a team that hasn't been that good, it's going to be pretty decent this year. I think Indiana's getting better. Then they play Iowa at the end of the season. They're usually a pretty tough out as well. That's four tough games, I think, at least. Um, could could definitely spell some trouble for Wisconsin this year. The only thing I don't trust about Iowa 
is they've had racial problems with uh, Kirk Ferentz. Yep. And they've been talking. He's been coaching there for 20-something years. He was 20 years ago, he was the next hot thing in, in the NFL. He just stayed there at Iowa. But all we've heard this offseason in Iowa, racial tensions, the way those coaches have been treating the players. That's not a – before the season, I was always looking around. Who's not being able – who was not able to racially kind of get along in terms of coaches and players? Iowa was one of those teams. You know, they're sitting at a win total of four and a half right now. You would think common sense says go over – I'm not so sure about that one. I was a team I looked to underachieve as well. All right. Let's talk about some games this weekend. Uh, Friday night is the kickoff of the Big Ten with Wisconsin and Illinois. The rest of the games are on Saturday. Uh, let's talk Big Ten first. Uh, what games do we need to watch for this Saturday? Oh, there's one game that really interests me. It's the Minnesota-Michigan game. It's my favorite game this week in the Big Ten. Michigan, a three-point favorite. I think Minnesota, it's their time. You got maybe. Do you have a coaching advantage? Because if you don't, if you take the names off the paper and you just look at the records, both straight up and against the spread, Fleck is a better coach than Harbaugh is. Now, do you have the talent advantage at Minnesota? Probably not. But you've got a lot of other advantages in Minnesota. I'll take those three points. I might even put a little bit on that money line, too, getting the Gophers to finally exercise a bunch of those demons against Michigan this week. And another game, here's for your degenerate gamblers of the world, Vince Stover. <laughs> Illinois, the lid lifter, Friday night, Illinois, Wisconsin. That totals 51. Love the under in that game. We're seeing about a 27-17 game. Do we know what to expect from either team? Illinois doesn't have the quarterback back. Do we, like we said about Wisconsin, quarterback issues, so to speak? Don't know who the running back is. Give us the under 51, <laughs> Illinois and Wisconsin. Take those in the desert and smoke them early, Vince Stover. Got some big favorites uh, in the Big Ten this week. Wisconsin, and I, I have it at 19 and a half. Uh, Michigan State at 13.5, Ohio State at 26 uh, over Nebraska. Uh, man, Nebraska's fallen over the years, but <laughs> it's been that way for a while now. Tommy but... Frazier ain't walking through that door. No, he Mike is Rozier not. ain't walking through that door. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the SEC. We're in Lexington, Kentucky. The SEC is obviously the most prominent uh, conference that we hear about here. Uh, I still think it's the best football conference out there. Only uh, four games this week on the SEC schedule. A couple buys with things getting moved around. You've got Tennessee coming off that horrendous loss to Kentucky. They're Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to... Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed. Heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement 
Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Playing against Alabama. Uh, Kentucky is playing Missouri, Ole Miss, Auburn, South Carolina, and what a disappointment LSU has been this year uh, down there as well. So what do we got in the SEC this week? We were talking about this before we started this little show. Uh, Gartano for Tennessee. His yep. QBR last week out of 100 was 4.4. I didn't even know you could have that low. I didn't, that's don't crazy. You get, don't you get five points just for walking out on the field? Kind of like signing your name on the SAT test. At least you get five points if you just show up and you have a pulse. I, that's unbelievable to me. Apparently, we don't know if he's – we're sitting here as we take this. We don't know if he's starting yet or not. Right. We'll see on Saturday if there might be a game-time decision, as they say. Yeah, it, how can you take Tennessee – even getting three touchdowns in this game. It's hard. It's very difficult. So Because you either got Garantano or you've got a freshman going up against Alabama. Is it possible for Garantano to play worse this week, statistically? No. It'll be tough, but he's <laughs> going to give it a try. So, yeah, it, yeah, that's not, we'll go under in that game. I wouldn't go mind going under the 66 total in that game. Because do you see Tennessee putting up three touchdowns against Alabama? No. No, exactly. I'll take the under in that game. But another game, especially of local interest here, we look at Kentucky, five-and-a-half-point favorite against Missouri. What do we know about Missouri? They've only played three games. They defeated LSU, but apparently everybody's defeating LSU this year. (laughs) Mississippi State is their only win of the season. So what do we know about LSU? What do we know about Missouri? Common opponent with Kentucky, they both went to Tennessee. Tennessee defeated Missouri by 23 points. Tennessee lost to Kentucky. By what was it, twenty-seven points? Yeah. So yeah. it was. That's a fifty-plus point difference. Yeah. Can you really take Missouri in the points in this game? You can. I'm look. That's another game I'm looking to go under the forty-eight total. But that's not a game that I look. I want to either lay or take the points in that one. Kentucky's defense really has been solid. Their defensive backs were the ones that I just I didn't have any confidence in coming into the season, and they looked really bad against uh, Ole Miss. But. A lot of people have looked at against the Ole Miss offense. Not everybody. They they really showed up against Tennessee. And, again, Garantano's not that good of a quarterback. Um, but they showed up. Their pass rush is, is okay. Their linebackers have been playing solid on defense. I don't see Missouri having a shot at beating Kentucky this week. And but I can think, you depend on those interceptions every week? In these games that they've won, it's because they've been picking off the other team. One week you get six interceptions. The other, you get three, and two of them are run back for touchdowns. You can't count on that every single week, especially for a team. The first two weeks of the season, it was the worst pass defense in all of the nation. So which which team are you? We're going to find out in the next couple weeks, this week and especially two weeks against Georgia. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I think I – don't, I just don't think Missouri's any good. And that's why I would say I have full confidence in Kentucky this week, whether it's through interceptions or just running the football down Missouri's throat. Either way, I, I don't think Missouri has a shot at, at least at winning. Maybe well, the last time Kentucky went to Missouri, it took a miracle the last play of the game, <laughs> a very questionable miracle the last play of the game, to see Kentucky pull that one out. Do we see another game like that this week? We might. Two teams that have really underachieved so far. Auburn, Bo Nix has not been the best quarterback in the conference or anywhere close to it. And LSU, coming off the championship year, you lose Joe Burrow. You lose more than Joe Burrow. You lose a lot of guys to the draft. I mean, they've got four guys that were drafted this year that are having great seasons as rookies in the NFL right now. So they're taking a step back. 
Uh, Coach O, I'm not sure how much he's paying attention to football right now. There's been some pictures posted here recently. Uh, but nonetheless, LSU's been horrible. Um, and Auburn, Bo Nix, I mean, what's the deal with Bo Nix? He was supposed to be the quarterback, really, in the SEC this year. And he's not been, what, top five quarterback, top six, top seven? I mean, he's not been good. My, how the times have changed, Fitz <laughs> After the first week of the season, Bo Nix had a good game against Kentucky. Oh, yeah, the Auburn's on their way. Mississippi State, K.J. Costello, just set a record. SEC passing yards going to LSU. So now you're looking at two guys, well, these are two of the best quarterbacks in the conference. Now let's flash forward three and a half weeks later, not so much on either side. In fact, Costello, one of the lowest-rated quarterbacks in the conference. I think he's 13th this week. I think Nix is 10th, looking at the latest QBR ratings. So when I look at a game from a handicapping perspective, I'm thinking, okay, both these teams have quarterback issues right now. You might have to wonder if Joey Gatewood was still down at Auburn. Would he be getting some whispers? Why isn't he playing more? My thing is right now, I see these two teams, and I look at that total out in the desert, I see 70 and a half, and do I trust both these quarterbacks to put up 35 points each, or at least 35, one of them? No, I don't. So I, this is my uh, SEC Mac Daddy Stogie of the Week. And if you don't know what that means, you can smoke that victory cigar well before the game ends in this one. Yeah, we're going to say a 35-30 game, Auburn wins, but we're going to also say under that total by 70 by quite a bit. I just don't see these two quarterbacks going off on their own and putting up a 40-point spot on the other. All right, so kind of a down week at the SEC this week with a couple teams on by. Looking forward to talking about Georgia. I do want to mention this because – you mentioned on your show on Sunday, I think you did, maybe not, yeah, about uh, Stetson Bennett. Did you talk about him on Sunday, if I remember yes. hearing? Everybody, and I can't remember if you mentioned this or not, but I'm hearing a lot of people start talking. Now they're saying, oh, you can't play a 5'9", a 5'10", quarterback. Okay, but they weren't saying that the week before, and they weren't saying that the week before that. we got to get off this size thing and just come down to the play. And one bad game shouldn't be like, well, nope, we're done with them. Just because you got a big guy behind him that's supposed to be great. The Stetson Bennett's played great other than the second half of Alabama. So why is everybody giving up on him already? Because he's a walk-on quarterback. And you could have had Justin Fields, who's sitting at Ohio <laughs> State. And you'd think the University of Georgia would be better set at the quarterback position being the program that they are. They're a top-five program the last decade. Well, since Kirby Smart's been there. Yeah. They're a top-five program. You should be able to get a quarterback. And they did have great quarterbacks, but they all ran out of town. Well, but they came into the season with a transfer that was supposed to be good. That's that's where they... He sits out. And then you've got the other kid that came from USC, JT, that's supposed to be... He was hurt. That's why he didn't start the season. Stetson Bennett was, what, the third quarterback in week one that came in? Mm -hmm. And he took the job from everybody else. I I don't think they should give up on him yet. I think you give him... Another opportunity because it's been it's one bad half, <laughs> but the blame it against I, Alabama against Alabama. It's not like they're yeah. playing, you know, Vanderbilt. You know, I understand. Yes, and some of the people that I'm sharing a podcast network with now said it this week in their podcast. You know, you can't play a five nine quarterback. Yes, you can. <laughs> That's not in this day and age. I understand if you're short, it's harder to see over the line. There's more potential to get balls batted down. But the kid's been great up until the second half of Alabama. And I don't think height has anything to do with it. Well, it's, I, living in Atlanta, as long as I did, it's all Michael Vick over again. 
Yeah. When Michael Vick could light teams up by running, he was, oh, everybody loved it. But as soon as somebody said, okay, we're going to make you throw to beat us. As soon as somebody said that, and now he's supposed to throw, sometimes it didn't work out for him. I mean, he only had more than 3,000 yards passing one time in his career. But everybody loved Michael Vick because he could electrify you with those runs. When you're winning, oh, it's, it's electric. It's great. But when you're losing, it's not. When, winning is the deodorant that covers up the stink. And when you're a quarterback that's 5'9", and you're a walk-on, and everybody knows it, winning really helps you. But as soon as you lose, you're the first guy. When you're the quarterback especially, you're the first guy they're going to look at. And all of a sudden, that deodorant has worn off <laughs> when you start losing. So we'll see if Georgia makes a change next week or not. I, I, I don't think they should, not yet at least. But I was also thought Fromm was a good quarterback and was okay with Fields going away until I saw Fields play. And you're like, oh, wow. Maybe Fromm was good his freshman year. Yeah. But by the time Fields got there for his sophomore year, Fields should have been playing more. Yeah, Fields. And it's, it's a joke that he only – the only thing you remember from Justin Fields in Georgia is running a fake punt in the SEC championship game that didn't go very well. And now he goes to Ohio State. And he does – you know, like we said, probably the most valuable player in the country right now. Yeah. All right, let's look at any other games this week in the top 25 or other games that are outside of the Big Ten and the SEC that uh, interest you. They've got North Carolina. I think you were kind of knocking on them this week as well, this last week. But uh, North Carolina, they've got a big game against NC State, uh, but they're big favorites in that game. I'm a little surprised, actually, at how big that line is, uh, 15.5 right now. Uh, But, anyways, what other games uh, are you looking at this week? I like that game you were talking about. If you listen to... Uh, one of the best college football prognosticating podcasts there is. Uh, Chris Felica, Stanford Steve from ESPN. Uh, it's great. And they, they're very knowledgeable about picking games, handicapping games, and it's all about the point spread with them. It's all about trying to pick winners against spread out in the desert. Chris Felica, who I have as much respect for as anybody in terms of picking college football games, he says North Carolina is going to kill NC State this week. By, and the line is 16. So when you see a number 23 team getting a lot of points, immediately you say to yourself, well, that's too many points. Well, you know, uh, we talk about the unranked trap on my show a lot, too. When you, when you see the unranked team favored over the, favored to, uh, over the ranked team, that's a re- there's, the desert's trying to tell you something. And this is another game the desert may be trying to tell you, that North Carolina is more than two touchdowns better than NC State. But in this case, I think NC State has a, a chance to keep this one very close. I'm not calling them for a win, but 16 is just too many. Chris Felica loves North Carolina in this game. We have a lot of respect for him. But my numbers and trends all point toward North Carolina State, keeping it under the 16-point spread in that game. Looking at the top 25 games, there are only five games that are single-digit lines for this week. <laughs> Everybody else is double digits at the moment, at least at the time of this recording and the numbers I'm looking at. Uh, and that's pretty great. I mean, there's some big numbers. Of course, Clemson, are they going to cover 46 points over Syracuse? I, it's against my religion to take anybody <laughs> minus 46 points. I mean, if you put a water pistol to my ear, yeah, I'm probably going to take the 46, but it's not something that I really I – don't, I don't think it's something that you could uh, build a house out in the desert on, if you know what I mean. All right, you mentioned before we started talking uh, uh, games, you mentioned Dark Horse Heisman uh, with Fields. Is there anything else to watch for – I mean, what do you got? Harris right now at Alabama is playing great, great football. Mac uh, Jones at Alabama. Mac Jones. And you, you say you take a quarterback from a potential undefeated national champion. You can never underestimate that person in terms of the Heisman Trophy. So it's a three horse race. 
It's Lawrence, who's odds-on favorite. I mean, if you saw anything, what he did last week against Georgia Tech, I mean, how can you not vote against this guy? Or not vote for this guy? Mac Jones, basically because he's going to be undefeated just like Trevor Lawrence. And Justin Fields. It's a three-horse race for this. Just like for the national championship, you'd think it's a three-horse race if Ohio State could go undefeated because they're not going to get the games because, as we've seen in this playoff, you, you know, when you're playing 12 games in a conference championship, they'll give you one loss. Mm-hmm. You can get one loss. But they'll never, they've never taken a team with two losses, ever, in the history of this playoff. So you, in a shortened season, they're definitely not going to take a team with two. So I think if you're a big boy like Clemson or an SEC team, you'll get benefit of the doubt with one loss, but you're not going to get benefit of the doubt with two, and that's what a lot of these conferences are, are banking on. And you talk about the Pac-10. We haven't even talked about the Pac-10 yet. No. Are they going to uh, – the conference champion gets, what, seven games there? Right, yep. Let's say you're Oregon, and you're perceived as the best team in the Pac-12. I call it Pac-10 because I'm an old farce. <laughs> my language. But, I mean, I, I always call it the Pac-10. The Pac-12, let's say you're Oregon. Highest perceived team out there. Go 7-0, win every game by 20 points. There's no guarantee you're still going to make the playoff over a 9-1 and team in the SEC or a 9-1 and team in the ACC or even a 9-8-1 and team in the Big, t- in the Big Ten. Yeah. So it's, it's really going to be, at the end, who you are and where you're from. And if you're out west, the chances of you playing seven games, seven weeks straight without any COVID issues going on is not very good right now. California is one of the most conservative states, as we've seen with this COVID virus, too. One more game that we didn't get to against Dover. A matchup of top 25 teams. Cincinnati getting three at SMU. Give me the Bearcats straight up to win the game. Better team, not not at home. Hi. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. SMU. And I got probably the better quarterback in Bouchelle at SMU. Cincinnati, their power numbers and all the trends pointing towards Cincinnati to win this game straight up. I don't want the points. I don't need the points. Let's take the money line in that one. You're getting three. Well, let's take a little value of Cincinnati upsetting SMU down in Dallas this week. And as Brad Taylor says on his show, that's the bottom line. Amen, brother. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about NFL football. All right, so now we are excited. We've mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that we are uh, now with Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, and so now it's time for you, the listener, to get some reward for just simply listening to this podcast, and that is because of Hoff and Pepper. Hoff and Pepper always strives to create sauces and seasonings that enhance flavors with balanced heat profiles. Every one of their handmade products sauces and seasonings is manufactured in chattanooga tennessee and is naturally vegan and gluten free you can find more information at hoffandpepper.com that's h-o-f-f hoffandpepper.com and use the promo code belly up and save 10 percent on your order 
I'm telling you, listeners, this is a great deal. They have award-winning hot sauces. If you like spicy, spicy sauces, they've got them for you. Hoffandpepper.com. Use the code BELLYUP, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P. Belly up and save 10%. Now, back to football. We are back with the Sports Stove podcast and guest from the bottom line with Brad Taylor. Brad Taylor talking the NFL now coming in to week seven. And uh, let's talk about Sunday's games uh, here. Anybody that, uh, any game that jumps out to you here this week? I wouldn't say jumps out to me, but this time of year you start to kind of get a feel for these teams. And one thing I like to do, especially when you get to kind of the midway point of the season, teams that have been terrible, especially against point spread early in the season, kind of look to take them the second half of the season. So you think there, there's two teams in the league. They haven't covered a spread all year. Cowboys, who are always overrated because they're a public <laughs> team, and the Jets, who not only have not covered a spread, but they haven't won a game either. The Cowboys actually got lucky and won a game against the Falcons. And, a, and another wager that we talked about before the season start, who would be the first coach fired? How is it not Adam Gase or anybody <laughs> else? How was it not Dan Quinn? And that's another story. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Okay. But the one thing that I'm looking at, I'm looking at the New York Jets, and I say, give us your poor, your tired, your weak, your huddled masses, the people who have no chance, the David and Goliaths. I'm going to get 13 points against Buffalo with the Jets. You know what? Count me in. If a team hasn't covered six games all year, do you, has there ever been a team not cover a spread all year? Never, never, never. It'll never happen, and it's not going to happen this year either. And I'm going to be on the Jets when they do finally cover. So this is my favorite game of the week. The, the, I'm all by, on an island on this one, Vince Stover. All the trends are in my favor. Anytime a winless team after week five, now we're sitting in week seven, taking winless teams, 60% of the time they cover the rest of the season. Give me the Jets getting points. There's your trend. There's your long-lost David and Goliath contrarian <laughs> play of the week, Vince Stover. But to clarify, you're saying they're going to cover. You're not saying they're going to win. No, we're not saying anything <laughs> about winning the game. We're just saying closer than the experts think out in the desert. There's nothing wrong with losing a game 27-17 when you're a 13-point underdog. That's just fine with us. All right, let me give you a couple games. Uh, Bengals-Browns in Cincinnati. Brown's a three-point favorite on the road. Baker Mayfield has not been good this season at all. Joe Burrow, I've actually enjoyed watching Bengal games this year. I don't typically get excited about that. They're the local team, so regionally I see them on every Sunday. I enjoy sitting down and watching Joe Burrow play. Uh, Are they going to get their second win this season against Cleveland? Who would you rather have going forward, Joe Burrow or Baker Mayfield? Burrow. I think it's unanimous. What if they switch teams, though? What if Joe Burrow's on the Cleveland Browns, and what if Baker Mayfield's on the Cincinnati Bengals? Now what do you think about these two guys? I mean, I think Burrow would take the Browns to, you think so? to, to big heights, yeah. I think you might be right on that one. Because do you trust Baker Mayfield? I sure don't. No. And I look at this team now. Baker Mayfield last week was pulled out of this game. Do I believe in the Browns going forward? Uh, no, not too much. But I'll tell you what. this is a, The Browns are very well coached, and they have talent. They have good wide receivers, unlike the Bengals' A.J. Green, who has mailed it in, got their <laughs> roll of stamps and said, I'm, I'm you know, just giving my money. The Browns will win this game, and they should cover this game. That's a small number, three-point road favorite, like you said. But, yes, future, long-term, Burrow greater than Mayfield. 
Titans, I am shocked they're 5-0. and I did not see that happening, and everybody else was big on the Titans. I was not. I've been wrong so far. They're playing another undefeated team in Pittsburgh. Tennessee, a one-point favorite at home. One o'clock kickoff. Ben Roethlisberger versus Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry running all over everybody. Rabel being, you know, anointed the new Belichick because he put 12 men on the field and got a penalty Wasn't to stop the clock. I loved that. I lo- absolutely loved that. Well, I loved his response when asked about it. Did you do that on purpose? He said, we've got to work on our penalties. Uh, yeah, so anyway, he, he learned from the master. Yes, yes. I have a hard time. I grew up near Nashville. Never been a huge Titans fan. I were, there were teams I liked back in the Eddie George days and Samari Roll days and the Keith Bullock days, but... Overall, I'm never convinced Tennessee's going to be consistently good. To this point, they have been. Are they for real, or is Pittsburgh going to maybe uh, show them or bring them back down to earth, I guess, this week? You forgot the Billy Volek days. <laughs> and if, you, if you're if you a fantasy football player, Billy Volek had four of the greatest weeks in the history of fantasy football in 2003. Go Google his stats, kids. I'll promise you, he won a lot of people a lot of jelly beans in 2003 for about four weeks in a row. That's neither here nor there. Ryan Tannehill, is he better than Ben Roethlisberger right now? Ah, boy. If they switch teams. In his system, I would say yes. If they switch teams, I don't know that he is. Would either team be undefeated if they switch teams? I wouldn't think so, but I don't know. Yeah. So they both kind of fit the narrative of what each team is going to do. Yeah. Tennessee's defense, not a big fan. They haven't proven anything this year. This is the game I'm looking to go over the total. I think Roethlisberger and Tanny Hill will have some uh, success in this game, barring any weather issues down in Nashville this weekend. This is a game I'm looking to go over. I think it'll be a slugfest offensively because both teams, surprisingly with Pittsburgh, but definitely with Tennessee, have proven they have not been able to stop the other team defensively. You've got a non-divisional conference game, which always you're looking to go over. It hits about 55% over the last 10 years or so. Yes, that's, I'm looking to go over this game, but if for as far as picking a winner in this game, your guess is as good as mine. I wouldn't touch this game against the spread with even your money, Ben Stover, and I know, you, <laughs> and I know you're loaded, so that's neither here nor there. Now, we can't be right all the time, but you've already talked about Bills and Jets. Before the season, in our NFL preview, I had Brad on to talk with me about the NFL preview. He said, I would, every day of the week, take Sam Darnold over Josh Allen. Do you stand by that, or is that one that you have to look at and go, yeah, maybe I was wrong? I think you're making stuff up. (laughs) No, you are correct. I didn't say Sam Darnold over Josh Allen. I just, it wasn't as much as a, a vote of confidence for Sam Darnold as it was I just did not like Josh Allen. Yeah. What he's done this year, I'm not going to lie, I am shocked. I'm not just surprised, absolutely shocked at how good he's been. He's been a top five quarterback in the league. Before last week, the Monday night game against the Chiefs, he's been a top five quarterback in the league. Am I going to regret saying that? You're not going to, because you're going to keep reminding me of this 20 years from now. <laughs> I remember that Brad Taylor said, Sam Darnold. No, like, okay, I get it, Vince Stover. We can bring up stuff from your past, too, but I'm not that kind of guy like you are here on your show. <laughs> Just wait till you come on my show, and I'll humiliate you as well. But yeah, Buffalo, are they for real? They got a roster. They've got a roster. They've got a defense. Yes. Now, they didn't play against the Chiefs the other night, and they were at home for that game. But that doesn't sour me on the fact that, yes, was I wrong on Josh Allen this year? Absolutely. But still, I saw him miss a few guys on that throwing the football Monday night. He, yeah, he, he's yeah. run, and he's a great running quarterback for his size. 
But man, he missed a few guys in that Monday night game. He did. He's made he's made a step forward, which is what you have to see out of these young quarterbacks. Darnold, I mean, he's got nobody around him. <laughs> Their team is not good at all. And so I'm not writing him off long term yet. I'm getting close. Uh, if they can get him a decent coach in the near future, that that would definitely help. If you're the Jets or the Giants and you've kind of drafted a young quarterback at the top of the draft and you get the number one pick, is it Trevor Lawrence? I think it has to be. And then you trade the other guy? Well, yeah, you look at what Arizona did with Kyler Murray. You draft a guy in the first round, great, but at some yeah, point there's you got... Yeah, a difference between Sam Darnold and Sam Rosen. I mean, yeah. there's, there's Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, Sam yeah. Rosen was the announcer. I apologize. <laughs> Sam Rosen, one of my favorite announcers. He used to do Rangers hockey. He's a great guy. But, uh, yeah, exactly. You can laugh all you want to, Stover. But the point, TV. the point isn't how are Rosen and Darnold the same. The point is if you have a guy that's coming in number one overall that you say this guy can make a difference for our team, you go ahead and go get him. Even it means admitting mistakes, sure, but Arizona's pretty happy with what they got right now. Let's say Justin Fields goes out and has a great season. Yep. You're picking number two. Yep. You're the Jets or the Giants. Justin Fields and get rid of Darnold and get rid of Daniel Jones? I think you have to. I think, I mean, Daniel Jones, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's proven he's just not a great NFL quarterback. And can he make a long career as a number two? I'm sure he could. He's got some athletic ability, but he fumbles the ball left and right. He's not winning games. And so you take and, – and I don't think the Giants have talent on offense. Once Barkley went down, that was it for them. But I heard other people, the professionals, talking about, oh, these are, he's got good receivers. No, he doesn't. But I think with him and Darnold both, if you end the season picking number one and picking number two, you're obviously not good enough to, to continue forward with that quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I would say – and I'm a huge Lawrence fan. I think him coming, being number one is obvious. There will be obviously talk about it just because you got to talk about something come draft time. But, yeah, I'd say if you're one and two, you're the Giants, you're the Jags, you're the Jets, you're taking quarterback, no question. One thing the Giants have proven over the years, especially with my good buddy Eli Manning, uh, they'll stick with a guy. If you take yeah. him, especially earlier, they will stick with a guy a long time. And when you go move up to get a Daniel Jones, I think, what was it, the eighth pick? Sixth pick? Something. It was, you know, top ten pick. I forgot the exact number. But you invested a lot of time and a lot of money in this guy. Are you going to, if you're a, one of the blue blood franchises, like the Giants, are you willing to admit that you made a mistake on one of these quarterbacks that you invested so much time in? I, if you're the Giants, I don't know if you've got that kind of uh, ego to swallow that pride. Well, the deal, though, is at this point, they haven't invested a ton of money. They're going to if they keep them. <laughs> so now's the time to cut bait before you pay them all that money. And they were incredibly loyal to Eli. And they were loyal to some of their coaches that they shouldn't have been. But, yeah, I think this is the time to do it before you pay them that, that second contract, um, their first big contract. you got to get rid of them now. And you've got guys coming in that should be phenomenal. They, they appear to be, at least from the outside, uh, looking in for sure. Jaguars, are they tanking? Why wouldn't they tank? Well, they should. I don't, I don't think should. they're tanking. I just think they're not very good. <laughs> but if they get to the end of the season, you're going to see teams sitting at 1-13, and 2-12, and 12, and they're all going to be, let's uh, tank for Trevor, kind of like they did you know, last year for these quarterbacks. But you have to ask, and you look at what Miami did this, yes. this week. you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, established quarterback. And all of a sudden you bring in Tua. Now who... Did that come from the coaching staff? No, apparently it came from the front office saying, bring Tua in. We need to see what we have. We might have some fans coming in soon. We want to get the public kind of 
fired up about this team. Three and three with Fitzpatrick with the Dolphins, not good enough when you have Tua. It's all about the money, Vince Dover. Man, and that's he won twenty four to nothing. <laughs> and then he gets benched. I feel bad for him, but I think it's the right move. I think if you're the Dolphins, you have a good enough team right now that in the in in the way things are playing out, you bring Tua in. I mean, Fitzpatrick hasn't been crazy good. And well, you know what you have in Fitzpatrick. You do know what you have, yes. But I think now is the time. You are three and three. You're in the hunt still in the East. If Tua is what you expect him to be, I mean, you may be talking about a ten and six season, a nine and seven season, playoffs, things like that. Fitzpatrick has proven over his career he can get you to five hundred. Oh, he definitely has a ceiling. Yes. Yeah. And the idea that Tua can come in and get them past that 500 mark, even this year with the team they have, the way they're playing, you've got the potential for this year to be something worth writing home about. I was shocked at the move. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I, when I saw that come down the other day, I was like, what are they doing? This has to be somebody else's decision. Because I don't think the coach walks in after Tua threw two passes last week. Man, we've got a great quarterback on the bench. That had to, that came from the somewhere up in the upstairs of the building. I don't think if you're the Dolphins, I don't think you're being genuine to your the rest of the players on your team because you're saying, hey, we're looking at the future. Even though we don't know what we have in two, we need to see what we have now. You're in the middle of a 3-3 three and three season. You have a chance to win this division. So for me to sit here and say, I'm only one game out of a division championship with yeah. the Miami Dolphins, I can make a wild card just by going, uh, you know, what, five and four the rest of the way. I can make a wild card game. So it's it's hard to sit there and say, well, let's just change quarterbacks to what we have. I Yeah, I, I thought you should have stayed with Fitzpatrick just to win this year. But that's just me. Well, and it's what's crazy about it, too, is their bye got moved because of the COVID stuff. It got switched around. The bye was supposed to be later in the season. I think the bye makes sense to make a change because then you've got two weeks to install with your quarterback. But uh, And in this case, Flores even said the team didn't know yet. Fitzpatrick didn't know yet. He didn't get a chance to talk to him before the news came out. I think Flores, he said he wanted to, and I'm sure he did, wanted to handle that differently than the way it got handled. But I, at the end of the day, I think it's the right move. You know, you know what else they saw? Miami looks around the league, look at the Bengals. They yeah. got Joe Burrow. He's playing really well. Yep. They look at the Chargers. Justin Herbert was picked, you know, right with right at where Tua was picked, and he looks like a superstar quarterback in the making. He would, you know, I think he's better than Burrow for the rest of the year. Herbert might be better than Burrow just for this year alone. Stats wise, or are you talking about wins wise? Both, okay. just for this year, stats and wins this year alone. Because the Chargers are a better team than the Bengals. I'm sorry. Yes, they are. And you're going, you've got more weapons, and you don't have AJ Green out there. So that's that's good for Herbert. But when I look at Tua, you see Miami looking around the league. Huh? We took this guy in the first, number six pick. Herbert's already playing great. Burrow's playing great. Why doesn't our? Why can't we do the same? That's probably what they're they're looking around the league a little bit envious, and they don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing. That's probably another reason for this move. Could be, and that's that's a great point for sure. All right, let's talk about coaches real quick. You told me before the 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 season started, Quinn would be the first fired. You were close. I'll give it to you. Give you the points on that one. Uh, Bill O'Brien I'm fired still wrong. First. I don't know how I was wrong, but I'm still wrong. Even after that Dallas game, I'm still wrong, but I digress. Now, I know I know this is mean, but I'm going to bring up something else. I told you in our NFL preview that this would be Zimmer's last season in Minnesota as head coach. You said Zimmer is a top 10 
NFL coach. I love the guy. And yes. you cannot believe that he'd get fired. Right now, as it sits, Vikings are having a very bad season. They trade away in Gawkway, who they traded for. They went ahead and traded him away. They also put uh, uh, Hunter on IR. He's done for the season. So you trade away a rusher just the same day that you put a guy on IR. That's, a, that's an edge rusher. Are the Vikings going to come back this season and do anything worth writing home about? Is Zimmer going to get fired like I predicted before the season? Well, first of all, don't break your arm patting yourself <laughs> on the back over there, Stover. We're going to get into that game. We can play that game. But we live out in the desert, you know, and our, our spirit is out in the desert. We Our bodies are not, they're not there, but our spirit's out in the desert. Of all the NFL coaches, the one who has the best winning percentage in terms of re- return on investment against the point spread, it's Mike Zimmer of Minnesota. He has won you more money for return on investment out in the desert than any coach, including Belichick. That's how good he's been at Minnesota. And don't forget, he made the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum at quarterback. Now, who else in the league can do that? Do you think Bill Belichick can get to the championship game with Case Keenum at quarterback? He sure can't do it with Brian Hoyer. So let's just look at it like that. Mike Zimmer, if he's fired today, he gets hired, maybe not as a head coach, but he's a defensive coordinator in five minutes anywhere else. So, yes, I think the... The Vikings still have a chance to make this a season if they get anything from Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that's the question. That's will, exactly the will question. they get anything? And have they tanked because they traded a draft pick in the preseason for a kicker, and then they went out and cut the kicker. So, yeah, they're trying to save face a little bit, too, and get their draft picks back. I don't look at the Vikings as somebody who can win the Super Bowl, obviously, but they're better than they are, and they're better than they've shown so far this season. I have no problem seeing them get back to 500 and making you a little bit of money going forward. Be interesting to see what coaches end up. I mean, you assume uh, Jaguars are going to be looking for a new coach. Everyone's thought that from the beginning of the season. And then there's some different ones. I also said Fangio in Denver might be looking for a job after this season. Uh, they've played okay. They're 2-3 and three right now. they got the Chiefs this week. Probably won't end too well for them. And I don't think they have their quarterback of the future with Drew Locke. I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't think Elway... Elway has... Ne- since Peyton Manning retired, thank goodness... They don't. The Broncos have been lost. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what to do with the world. Drew Locke is your quarterback. Is that where you want to go forward? I don't think Elway's very good with that. I still go back to the year that they had Tim Tebow at quarterback and wonder, how do you win with Tim Tebow? And they go out and get Peyton Manning. It was the best thing that ever happened to the Broncos. But I sit there, other than the Peyton Manning draft or free agency pickup, what has Elway done in Denver? that has really added up to big wins. He better thank his lucky stars that Peyton Manning came to Denver for four years because that's the only thing keeping Elway in the hot seat right now. All right, Monday night, Chicago and the Rams. I was way down on the Rams to start the season. They've been better than I thought they would be at 4-2. and two. The Bears are 5-1, and one, but they're kind of like Green Bay's 13-3 and three year last year. They don't look 5-1 and one if you're watching them play. Uh, what about Chicago? I mean... Are they for real, or are they eventually going to fall down and end up with, I don't know, seven, eight losses? Defense. If you look at their past defense, in 538, one of my favorite websites, they had a great column on them this past week about their past defense and where it ranks in, the, in this century among you know, teams, all these great defensive teams in this century. They are right there on past defense with the great teams of this the last 20 years. And with the league the way it is now, it's not like the 80s when we were growing up. 
Well, when I was growing up, I'm older than you, but when it was all, you know, run the ball, run the ball, and play defense, the times have changed. You're, this is a passing league so much more now. When Dan Marino got 5,000 yards in a season, that was such an anomaly. In 1984, there were three quarterbacks that had 4,000 yards. Last year, there were 11. The, the league has changed. Everything has changed. So to pl- have the best pass defense team in the league, especially in this day and age, it means something. That's the way the Bears are winning games. Now, if you've got Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback, you're probably not 5-1, and one, but Nick Foles has proven in the past, if you put a team around him, he can win games for you. So if you're a Bears fan, and you're not, but if you're a Bears fan, and you're looking at your team right now, you say, got Nick Foles and we're 5-1, and one, which means we're not going to get one of the top three quarterbacks coming out in the draft this year. How does their future look? They got a top three quarterback four years ago. What they did with him, Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, but, but and he should have on, been a top. <laughs> and who else was on the board that year? Was that the Deshaun Watson year? That was year? Watson and Mahomes. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yep. Now, do you think the general manager, who still has a job in Chicago, despite the Mitchell Trubisky thing, do you think that he's grateful that he went out and got Nick Foles and they're sitting there five and one? Uh, yeah, he doesn't. He wants Mitchell Trubisky to get out of town soon because he's not reminded of that every day. But I digress. The big thing about the Bears right now is they're playing defense and they've got a quarterback situation that's settled. Because you walk into that locker room, everybody's good with Nick Foles. Why? He's won a Super Bowl. And that's what's in people's mind. When you think Mitch Trubisky, what do you think? Number two overall draft pick who the Bears gave up a lot to get and he sticks. And when you go into a locker room, you can just kind of feel the difference. Now that's all cliche, but it does make a difference in the numbers. Yeah, and you know, at the end of this season, you could have some quarterbacks available. Guys like Andy Dalton, possibly. Guys like Dwayne Haskins. I'm not sure if he's any good or not, but he's got potential at the very least. Um, possibly Sam Darnold. Possibly Carson Wentz. Those kind of players that could, could be available that maybe could be an upgrade to Nick Foles. I'm not sure exactly, but they're, they've played themselves out of drafting a top-tier you think, quarterback. You think Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Nick Foles? That's what they thought in Philadelphia for a long time. So okay. they, they were now, proven wrong, were they? they? I am not an Eagles fan. Okay. Clarify that to start off. But who in the world does Wentz have to throw the ball to? That's a good point. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not saying that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but we have to be careful how quickly we jump on these guys. They haven't had talent for at least two years. I mean, last year they were playing practice squad guys all season long. This year you don't have the off season. And then you've got other receivers, and they're hurt again. Their offensive line is not good. Philadelphia has really failed Carson Wentz more than Carson Wentz has failed Philadelphia, especially these last two seasons. So if he's available and I'm the Bears, yeah, I'd take a shot at him. Carson Wentz is not going to be available. The Eagles aren't that stupid. And they have a number one pick involved. They you know, invested a lot into him. And they chose him over a guy that won the Super Bowl for him. But people forget in that Super Bowl year, Carson Wentz was the MVP was in the MVP. league until he got yeah. hurt. The first 14 weeks, Carson Wentz put up numbers. He was going to be the most valuable player in the entire league. Years before, they didn't listen to the fans when they hated Donovan McNabb. Rightfully so. They stuck with Donovan McNabb. The question now is the fans... Uh, I don't know if rightfully so, but that's another story for another day. He I, took them to a Super Bowl. Uh, well, they were favored to win quite a few yeah. <laughs> to get to quite a few Super Bowls, neither here nor there. My yes. point is now they're clamoring because they got Jalen Hurts back there, and the fans are saying, oh, Wentz is no good. Put in Hurts. 
Again, I disagree. I think Wentz is better than Hurts. I think Wentz is a franchise quarterback. don't know that he's a Hall of Famer, but I think at this point in his career, you shouldn't give up on him. But there's going to be a lot of talk this offseason if the season keeps going the way it's going for Philadelphia. I mean, they could win the division at six wins, possibly. But but the way it's going right now, you're going to hear a lot of clamoring. Let's see what Jalen Hurts can do. And the question is, and I think Peterson, is. I think he's going to stand up for Wentz. I think he likes Wentz, and I think he should. But I think it's one of those things. There's there's going to be some guys that if you wanted to throw kind of a crazy offer out there, there's going to be some guys that you could get possibly in this offseason that maybe you couldn't have gotten a year or two ago just because, you know, hey, why not? Let's take a chance. Everybody's kind of feeling weird with this 2020 COVID stuff, and maybe maybe you could take advantage of some of that as well. Well, we have taken up as much time as we need to today talking football. We've been joined by Brad Taylor, host of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor. You can find him on Twitter at Bottom Line Lex. Again, you can listen to him every Sunday mornings if you're local, ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5, or online, WLXG.com, or on the TuneIn app. Brad, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us. Always enjoy having you on, uh, and always appreciate your friendship and your knowledge when we're talking about all these things as well. Amen, brother. It's always an honor and a pleasure, Vince Tover. Thank you so much. All right. Don't forget, you can find us at uh, Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Make sure you go visit hoffandpepper.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP to get 10% off your order. And uh, thank them for doing their part to help us out. We will see you again soon, or I guess you will hear us again soon. So, So subscribe, rate, and share the podcast if you will help us out, please. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.